you know, you have a huge mission, you know, 10 million people. My mission is to have it where every single teenager has a life coach. Uh, so that's mine. They oftentimes need just to overcome the fear or they need to overcome the doubt or feeling judged so we can help them break out of that. Um, but my recommendation is definitely to have a coach. So, you know, I think uncovering the why of why they want this goal and then giving them something tangible, a strategy, a system, so they can actually pursue the goal, which increases their chances of accomplishing it. So we really try to help them almost like uh, separate themselves from the feeling and know that, yep, just like clockwork is supposed to come. And then how do we overcome that? We have to do some type of training ourselves to develop this mindset of confidence because we're just not born with it. So if your child has not undergone any kind of confidence training, then most likely they're not confident. And, you know, us as humans, we want to like see it, you know, uh, I want to see it first, but oftentimes it's the faith uh, that comes first. So yeah, same thing with confidence. I think it's definitely a belief system that we like to work on first. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited that you're here listening, watching. And uh, I think the main reason why we got connected here is that you want something more in your life. You might be in a good place, you might be in a not so good place, or you might be in a great place, but you want something more. And that's why we're here. That's the reason why I started the I Love Success podcast, because I've always been interested in in dreaming, but not only dreaming, going after my dreams. And I learned very quickly that it's very hard to do that yourself. They say, go fast, go alone, go far, go together. We can learn so much from other people. And that's why I'm here on this journey. And I can't stop. I get to talk to so many amazing and cool people and share their life's experience with you. So thank you for being here. If you enjoy the show, please share it with somebody. I have a big fat mission. I want to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to go after their dreams. That's a number that I put put there because I want to have something really exciting to wake up for in the morning when my alarm rings at 5:40 I'm going to work I got I got to get something you know to go out and work for and I hope you have that in your life if you don't you'll find it that's why we're here today to share some knowledge and drop some truth bombs I would encourage you to take some notes I would encourage you to start thinking about these things and see how you can implement them in your life or people you care about in their lives so we can all improve and have a little bit more fun and make this journey here on on the world in the world an enjoyable experience Uh, this week's guests uh, is a new friend of mine he's a teen life coach and i i love what he's doing and i want to learn more about what he's doing because i think those there's so many teens and kids out there struggling and uh, with the right mindset the right tools i think we can help so many great kids you know that are not having the support create that life that they want so without further ado let me welcome dr rj jackson to the i love success podcast whoop whoop hey guys how's it going thank you for having me of course it's a pleasure man and let's just get started with so a lot of the people that I meet that have this burning desire to help others, they, 
at some point in their life were struggling, they needed help, they needed guidance. Can you just share in your life, is that the case for you? And what were you struggling with? And how did you, how did you get help? Yeah, like I was in high school and I remember vividly this longing for someone to talk to, like some understanding of what I was going through. In my family, my my dad is a military guy. So, you know, he was very straight, uh, very strict. Um, really, we, we didn't feel comfortable just talking to him about anything. So then it was left, you know, for me to just kind of figure it out on my own. And I remember wanting some guidance. And, you know, this desire uh, just kept growing and growing. Even in college, I was like, man, I wish I had a mentor or someone to kind of like help me answer these questions. Uh, and then that's really what, what caused me to kind of serve the teenagers early on. It's like, I want to focus on the teens. Um, that is a critical time, I believe, in life is that transition to becoming a, a teenager. And it's really a vulnerable state. And I believe, um, you know, to have uh, someone to almost a guide to help guide them is what we need. In fact, my mission, you know, you have a huge mission, you know, 10 million people. My mission is to have it where every single teenager has a life coach. Uh, so that's mine. I love that. And can we just talk about that? I mean, especially, I think there's a lot of, you know, young men out there that might have, you know, a father uh, that, is a little bit machismo in a way, and there's not much talking and there's not much feelings in what involved. What do you, what advice do you want to give to those young teens, but also people that are, you know, older that never really had that, you know, support to talk about their feelings and a little bit of those things. Yeah. I mean, now today it's really amazing because there's so much information. I think, you know, growing up, and that's why I don't hold anything against my parents because they were doing the best they could, you know, with what they had. Nowadays, there's so much information. I believe we're more conscious of our emotions as a society. We're more conscious of our thoughts. Um, so I believe there's just so much more information. So my encouragement to any uh, teenager, you know, maybe college student or even an adult is to seek out a life coach. When you think of sports, you would never play a game without a coach. I mean, you just wouldn't even think to do that. But yet we, you know, undergo this, this game of life in a sense by ourselves. And the nice thing about a coach is not that we have all the answers. You know, in fact, you know, I rarely would give a teenager sound advice because I believe that, you know, a lot of times teenagers have the answer. They oftentimes need just to overcome the fear or they need to overcome the doubt or feeling judged so we can help them break out of that. Um, but my recommendation is definitely to have a coach. I like that. And I, I do agree with you. I think the hardest part when it comes to hiring a life coach is how do you know that it's a good one? In sports, for example, it's pretty easy. You, you go to a club where they have good results. Uh, if you want to learn how to dance, you, you can see what they have done with their other students. But this, this subject is much harder to know who to hire and who to really trust. So what advice can you give to somebody that's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I need a coach, but uh, how do I know that there's some, somebody that can actually help, help me, you know? No, you bring up a really good point. You know, it, the, the, the um, industry is definitely unregulated. So with that can bring uh, some unqualified people. You know, in fact, you really don't need any type of training just to call yourself a coach. 
Uh, but at the same time, there's some advantages to the fact that it's not so regulated, because I believe that is really the downside of therapy as it relates to teenagers. And, and I'm going to answer your question, but I do want to hit this point is I actually believe that when a teenager is suffering from, say, anxiety or depression, really the first step is a, is a coach. Because during these times when a, when a teenager is growing, they're looking for an identity. Problem is that we give them some type of label. You're depressed. You have anxiety. Then they actually hold on to that label. You know, some of my biggest breakthroughs was just allowing or helping teenagers just to release the label that I'm a depressed kid. Um, so I really think in a sense uh, for therapy, it really does us a disservice to have a child come in already with the, with the label, like, yep, you have depression, because then it sticks with them. So I think with coaching, we kind of helped them understand like, hey, we all experience different feelings. We all have different um, thoughts that go, you know, that, that goes through our minds, but we have to also, we have tools to overcome that. So really, I like the idea that is not so much regulated, but, it, you know, I think the regulation can bring in some unqualified people, as you mentioned. So my recommendation, if a person is looking for a life coach, is just what you said. You know, you say you look at a dance, you can tell the results. You go to a club, results. That's it, results. Yeah. Look at their results, testimonials, just to see how many people they've coached. It's very interesting. I've been doing this for almost a decade, and I've coached over 5,000 teenagers. Wow. And over the years, we've had, you know, anywhere between a 97 to 99% satisfaction rate. Um, yeah, I'm always uh, aiming for a 100%. But what I found is that, you know, I read a lot of the studies from psychologists. And I'm reading their studies and I'm like, wow, like most of these studies only have a couple hundred teenagers. And when I look at my sample size, it's like over 5,000. So I, I believe really is important is just results and then also experience. So I think those are two big ones that you should ask. Uh, when you're seeking out a coach. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And and speaking of what are you seeing in your research from dealing with, uh, you know, about 5,000 teenagers, what is the top three things that teenagers are struggling with nowadays? And I, I think that's probably all of us as human beings, it will probably relate. We can relate, probably relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Depression is on the rise. It really is. And, you know, nowadays, I would say that we do kind of distinguish between the big D and little D is what I would call it. But ultimately, it's this idea of clinical depression more so from a, a physiological standpoint. So for this child, no matter what they try from a physiological standpoint, you know, there's a chemical imbalance. There's a, you know, thyroid issue. They really need to go to a pediatrician. And a lot of times they do need medication. But thankfully, that's only a small percent. Majority of the teenagers uh, is, is more so mental. It's just the amount of thoughts that are coming in, these, these belief that I'm not enough, what they're focusing on really causes cycle of depression. So uh, that's definitely a big one. So I would say depression is one. Two is anxiety. That's another one. I feel like every single teenager has anxiety, <laughs> you know, and the majority of the teens have been diagnosed with anxiety. Um, and, and, and it's just a really a big issue. You know, I, I believe a lot of times it comes from oftentimes the beliefs, but they also have a lot of pressure, more pressure than we had. That's for sure. You know, I remember in high school, uh, feeling some pressure, uh, but then getting home and just feeling free on the weekends. I'm free. That is not the case these days. I mean, the, it's, it's 24 hours of pressure. They're constantly looking at, 
better lives than, than they have in, in their perspective. So it, it really brings a lot of pressure. And I would say the third one is just confidence. I think that's a huge one. A lot of times teenagers struggle with confidence. Either they have been diagnosed with ADHD, which brings their own set of struggles in school. And then to look and see, oh, I'm, I'm a C straight C student, I'm failing. Well, that doesn't help your confidence at all. So those are by far the top three, depression, anxiety, and a lack of confidence. Yeah, so let's break a couple of them down because I, I don't think it's only teenagers that struggle with this. I think everybody listening here can relate and they have felt these feelings at some time. So let's talk about beliefs. Uh, how, how do you work with your clients when it comes to beliefs? And how do we, how do we break limiting beliefs and change them or replace them with something better that does empower us. And if you're listening to this show right now, I, I'm, I've changed my life by changing my beliefs, right? And uh, you can probably attest to that, uh, that it really works if you know how to do it. And even if you don't know how to do it, you can find a way, but we're here, we have an expert. So I really want to take advantage of that. So how, how do you work with your uh, clients to replace bad beliefs into empowering beliefs? Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a wonderful question and the first step of that is just being aware. The uh, scientists have discovered that we spend about 5% of the time conscious. That means the rest of the time we're not conscious, which means our subconscious is pretty much controlling our day-to-day. We have a, what we call a program, it's basically our subconscious mind yeah. and it's like clockwork. We get this stimulus, this trigger, and immediately feel this way. So oftentimes, just being aware that you have this belief, it can, can change your life, just the awareness. Now, number two that I work with teenagers on is just really distinguishing the difference between a belief and a fact. Oftentimes, in their brain, they believe is a fact. And a lot of times, it's not the case at all. It's just that they have spoken and they really uh, have held on to that belief. So it, it, it feels like a fact to them. Uh, so just those two things helps a ton. Awareness and understanding the difference between what is a fact, what is objective, what can we prove versus just something that you believe. And then the third step I bring them through this process is how to adopt a new belief. And the cool thing is, the same way that they, the same process rather, that they went through to believe what they believe now. We can go through the same process uh, to believe something new. And I'll walk you through that process now. Um, so we just wanna think about the things that you believe. So just think of any belief about yourself uh, that you would say is limiting, yeah. whether it's uh, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm not smart, uh, I'm lazy, whatever you come up with. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself like, why do you have that belief? And what happened is some part of your life, uh, there was some type of event. And from that event, you uh, interpreted that event or you gave it some meaning that, it, you know, I'm, I'm not smart. Okay, maybe I failed a lot. So that means I'm not smart. Uh, so what you did from that st standpoint is you start to speak it. You start to speak it to yourself. You start to speak it to other people. And then it really solidifies into the subconscious that it's a belief. Well, we're gonna go through the same exact process uh, for you to believe that you are smart. So I would tell you to think of a time when you did excel in school or anything for that matter, where you really studied and you excelled. And once you think of that time, I want you to then start to speak those words, start to tell yourself, wow, I'm smart. And it's start to tell other people, oh, math is my best subject. Oh, I crush it in math. Math is so easy. I love it. 
Uh, and you start to speak this over and over, and then the subconscious will eventually adopt it, and now you have a new belief that's more empowering. And uh, in your perspective, why do you believe that a lot of people are struggling with changing their beliefs? I mean, we we can sometimes meet people that are in their 70s or 80s, and they're still negative. You know, they're still saying the same story over and over again. In your, in your opinion, why, why do you think more people don't change this? Yeah, I think, you know, oftentimes, one, they're just not aware of it. You know, when we look at the fact that our subconscious is basically running our lives, like we're just not conscious most of the time. Uh, we have this program, we just kind of follow, you know, follow the triggers, follow the programs, we follow our emotions, and we don't really uncover. And that's actually what one of the things about a coach that is huge, that's why I recommend a coach, is because a coach can uncover beliefs. And, you know, for me, I'm an optimistic guy, I'm very positive. So when I was going through this exercise, when I first had a coach, I'm like, hey, you won't find anything, I'm pretty positive. And sure enough, after digging, you do uncover these limiting beliefs. So it's basically any belief that limits you, whatever that is. And um, so I believe, you know, awareness is, is a big part. I think some people are just unaware. And number two, I think also they just don't know what to do about it. Yeah, yeah I'm aware, but what do I do? Like, how do I just change what is uh, in my head constantly? Yeah. And I think the process I just shared should help. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I mean, even the small little thing if you have like a, a ridiculous thought, like some sometimes we have the ridiculous thought, I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna die, for example. I, pre, I think probably everybody has had that thought in the past 20 months, right? Uh, so, and then you talk to somebody and they're like, no, come on, it's like the statistic, you're a young guy, you're healthy, this is just you thinking. And only that little conversation helps so much. And we're not even talking about the professional digging deeper. So I think, I mean, for me, and I, I, I'm curious about your experience. It is for me, a big part of my life, a very long time, I had very, very difficult sharing my weaknesses, sharing my, my deepest thoughts, even with my friends, because I had this fear of being hurt if I share my, my weaknesses, right? I'm a martial artist. I was out competing for the national team and it was this kind of jock mentality, even in the dressing room, like you, you should be strong, right? And I had this fear of being hurt and being seen as weak. And now I've worked on that, but I, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's many, many people that has this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely not alone, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, especially with the adults, because like I said, they didn't have the information, right? So we didn't have uh, a lot of coaches uh, when we were younger, and uh, so a lot of information wasn't there. You thought that just who you are, this is how your life experience really is. And I believe when you can step outside of your life experience from your lens and understand that oftentimes what you're experiencing is nothing more than more of a program. It's just, hey, I have these beliefs. These beliefs cause certain thoughts. Out of these thoughts, I'm gonna focus on some thoughts. And anytime I focus on a set of thoughts, it will cause some type of feeling. And that feeling will cause either me to do something or not do anything. And once you kind of understand the process, you stop putting so much energy into it. You stop taking yourself so seriously. Um, you know, uh, if you start to feel sad, you'd be like, wait a minute, you know, is this really about me or is it really about the thoughts that I'm thinking about at the moment? And you really start to see the process for what it is. And I believe that can give you some, some power in a sense uh, because you can always change one of those aspects. 
Yeah, and just asking for help and talking about, I mean, even when we're talking about this right now, it makes me feel better, right? Because we're, we're sharing vulnerability and, and we realize that we all have it. It's part of the human experience, but there's tools and that's why it's awesome with people like yourself that can help us unpack that. So let's talk about anxiety. That's also something big. What is anxiety and how can we as human beings work on, on, on that? Yeah, anxiety is nothing more than fear. That's all it is. Uh, it's fear uh, oftentimes of something that hasn't happened yet. So we're like looking into the future and we basically create this future for us. And it's, it's fearful. It's not the way we want it. In fact, I play this game with, with the teenagers that I coach. Uh, I call it the rabbit hole game. And it's ultimately about hearing out this fear. So in other words, whenever you have some type of anxiety about something, say for instance, there's a test and you think you're gonna bomb the test. So you're gonna start to breathe fast. You're gonna, you know, your heart rate is gonna increase. You're gonna experience this in your body uh, and you, you're gonna be fearful. And oftentimes, whenever your body is in that state, you don't perform your best because it's, you know, I call this, this fight or flight uh, experience is we really narrow into that and, and we're not able to really tap into all the sources of our mind. So we want to get out of that state, especially, uh, you know, you're a competitor. So you understand that as well. Um, so we play this game. I call it the rabbit hole game. And ultimately what that is, is seeing the fear all the way through say, okay, you know, what, what are you thinking about, about this test? What's the worst can happen? Well, I'm a fail. Okay, you fail. Then what? Well, if I fail, this is gonna lower my GPA. Great, it's gonna lower your GPA. Then what? And we just take them on to this this kind of rabbit hole to see how deep it goes. And oftentimes, when they feel like, um, you know, that is not that bad because, say, first you fail, well, then you know that you have tools and you have options to then do something different. And once they kind of remove that, then the fear is really not there anymore. I like that. And um, I do a similar game when it comes to risk, because I, a lot of times in my life, I've feared taking the steps, but somehow I've done it. And then when I, I have other people asking me like, how did you do it? And it's the same thing. First, I ask myself, what's the worst thing that could ever happen? Kind of similar to the rabbit hole game. And then I go into like, what's the best thing that can ever happen? And that immediately put me in a positive state. And, and then you just got to understand that, you know, there's almost always a bigger upside than the downside. Absolutely. And it's funny because that's actually the second step. So I bring them through the worst case scenario yeah. and then we bring them through the best case scenario. And then we, you know, if they're still stuck, we'll actually key in on one of the things they're worried about. And we'll say, okay, say for instance, you just bombed the test. Now it lowered your GPA. You're experiencing it right this second. So what do you do? Like, do you just like, is the school over? Is the rest of your life over? Or do we figure out other ways? And, you know, oftentimes they think through and they figure out other ways. And then it's say, hey, it's not so bad. I don't know why I'm so stressed about this. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to talk about confidence. But before that, I just want to uh, tap into success and the definition of success. This show is called the I Love Success Podcast. I'm really working on redefining success because I do believe it's different for every, each and every one of us. And I I'm curious when it comes to teens growing up, I mean, with all this impulses with Instagram, 
Facebook, TikTok, all of that stuff. Uh, and there's so many impulses of what success should look like. How does that affect uh, teenagers today? And, and what are you doing to, to kind of take them out of that equation and find their own definition of success? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, everyone has a different definition of success, but you know, as a teenager and you're seeing uh, a lot of these influencers experiencing a certain life, then it's very easy to adopt their definition of success and put it on yourself. And then it's an unfair type of uh, you know, goal that you have for yourself uh, because you don't see the behind the scenes. All you see is what they, you know, they, they have a million followers, but yeah, you don't see all the work they put in behind it. So you're right. I, I believe that's actually what causes a lot of depression, anxiety, and all that is the fact that they see so much perfection around them, but it's perceived perfection. We don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. So what we do is really, we, we, we agree on a very common, simplified definition of success. Understanding that everyone has their own uh, idea of it, but ultimately at the very basic, it's having a goal and accomplishing it. It's a very basic. Now, then we dive into what goal do you want for yourself? And a lot of that has to, we really dive into the why. I think the why is very important because they will uncover the fact that like, yeah, I really wanted uh, 10 friends as my goal because like, I thought everybody else had 10 friends. So, you know, I think uncovering the why of why they want this goal and then giving them something tangible, a strategy, a system, so they can actually pursue the goal, which increases their chances of accomplishing it. Yeah. And how, how does, when, when you talk about uh, setting goals, uh, I'm curious because I wrote a book about goal setting. How do you, how do you implement that? Like, do they write down their goals? Like, what's the process that you work with, with your teens and does it work? Yeah. No, that's a great question because I know that nowadays there's just so much information on, you know, affirmations and visualizations and all that. And, and we definitely talk about all of it. Yeah. But I think the first step is they have to be clear what their goal is. Yeah. And, and what I find with teenagers is that there's not any clarity. And I would tell you the, the most common goal uh, ever since the pandemic is friends. I mean, like, you know, I'm coaching so many teenagers, hundreds now. Like in my program now, we have hundreds of teenagers at this one time. And I would say majority of their goals are uh, is, is to have a friend. I just want friends. And when you think of that in itself, that's really not a goal. Uh, that's a want, but it's not a goal. A goal, we need clarity. Like when you say, I want friends, first of all, what is a friend to you? Is it somebody you just talk to every now and then or somebody you share secrets with? And then we want to know, uh, you know, how many, if you say, I want friends, do you want one? Do you want six? Do you want seven? So we try to help them to develop this system of bringing clarity to the goal. And I actually believe visualization helps a ton with that, you know, just to see yourself in that experience. And then from there, we work them through a, a process of brainstorming and actually taking action towards uh, one of the steps and, you know, just keep the momentum going and understanding these emotions that helps us to want to take action towards our goal. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that they want to have friends because one, one thing that I've realized in my research and like I've met UFC champions, Olympians, New York Times, best, like you name it, they've been on the show. And if we go down to the core the main motivation for most people is they want to be loved, you know, that's it. as human beings, that's what we want to be. And we would do all this crazy shit just to be loved. And we think that people are going to love us if we accomplish all this stuff. And, and 
it's it breaks my heart sometimes because it, we I see a lot of a lot of people they do so much in order to be loved and they realize at the end of the road that it was not about the accomplishments it was fun but it was about being loved <laughs> and there's a lot yeah. there's there's a lot of different ways to to become loved <laughs> no i think you're absolutely right uh we find that uh with the teenagers uh you know the number one desire for them is like love and connection and significance yeah. but ultimately if you look at significance it goes back to being loved so you're absolutely right and let's talk about confidence because i think that might be one of the most important things in life uh, when it comes to creating what you want and and getting it. Uh, so it seems to be a very important trait. How how can teenagers and also adults that are that are not confident start working on their confidence? Yeah, you know, in fact, uh, when I first started coaching, that was that was it. You know, I, I was a confidence coach. And that's all I focus on is helping uh, shy teenagers come out their shell. Uh, so confidence, you're right, is, is very, very important. I think it's absolutely critical for a teenager to have confidence in order to tap into their potential. Yeah. You know, we, we see it now uh, of so many adults who are not, you know, really maximizing their potential. They're playing it safe. They're scared. They're probably in a career they don't really enjoy. And my hope is that I can break this cycle by helping the teenagers to develop confidence so they can just go out and pursue anything they want. They don't have to follow the normal path or in the box path, oh, you gotta go to school, you gotta do this. No, if they have some desire, I'm very encouraging of go pursue your desire. And confidence is a huge, huge piece of that. So we work on a lot of things when it comes to confidence. You know, one, we have to understand that confidence is a feeling uh, and we really educate the teenagers on feelings because uh, feelings in many ways are, are messengers. They, they give us a message. They're not really designed to hold on forever. Even, you know, we wish we could hold on to happiness forever, uh, but it's just fact of the matter, we don't. You know, feelings just come and go, and it's really based on belief systems and what we're focusing on at the moment. But understanding that's okay. You, sometimes you're gonna feel confident, sometimes you're not. Um, but what's more important, I believe, is the mindset. A confident mindset is what we're after, to really create these beliefs that you can truly accomplish anything, that you're unique for a purpose. And as I'm mentioning purpose, uh, so that's something else we really work with teenagers because that's a big part of confidence. Once you know that you were created, whatever your beliefs are, uh, that you were created or you're here for a reason and that you are equipped with certain skills and gifts, then what is there not to be confident about? You know, uh, you know, because you're not competing against anybody else because only you have those gifts. So uh, really helping them to start with the confident mindset is a big one. And then we give them practical advice, you know, how to look at, you know, their peers in the eye, how to smile. You know, we always talk about these, these resting mean faces uh, that some people may have naturally. So getting the habit of just smiling is more, it's more inviting. Um, so we work with them also with practical ways of experiencing this confidence as well. Yeah, I mean, as a teenager, I'm just trying to think back on my life because I was I was chubby, I was bullied, and I didn't have any friends. I, first, I had friends, and then high school started, and everybody started drinking and smoking. I didn't want to do that. I was the shortest in, in school. I used to be fat, but now I was just skinny and short and didn't want to drink and party, and I wasn't really good at anything cool, so... 
it was hard to be confident in those situations, right? Because everybody was trying to, you know, get a girlfriend and, and go to parties and all, all those things. What helped me was that I found, I always did karate, but once I started to get a little bit success and feel like I was good at something that slowly improved my confidence, even though being good at karate didn't help in the real world, so to speak, where you have to be tall and big to attract the girls and, and whatever and drink and smoke. But slowly, slowly, it helped me a lot. Uh, can you just talk about that and what your experience with those types of teens that are that had the same kind of experience that I, I had? Yeah, I, I would say a lot of teens are having a similar experience. And I think what you did there when you started to experience this, this feeling of confidence in karate because you were excelling so well, you were able to anchor that feeling. And that's what we teach them is how to anchor the feeling of confidence because it's, it's really just a feeling. You feel it. And, um, and, and you were able to anchor that. And that kind of helped you to kind of develop more and more confidence. And that's probably the reason why you kept kind of going towards that path in life because that's what you felt uh, you know, more of yourself because you were more confident. So it makes sense. And that's absolutely something we work with teenagers. Another thing we let them know is we kind of help them experience certain emotions before they experience it. So like you mentioned, you know, uh, about the teenage drinking and all that. So if a teenager comes to me and say, hey, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a loser kid. You know, everybody's doing this and that. Well, we talk about, well, how do you feel? And we bring them through the, I call it the thought triangle, but we bring them to the process and say, yes, you're supposed to feel that way. <laughs> you're supposed to feel left out because, you know, you're not participating in that. And this feeling that you're, you're experiencing is actually okay in this situation because you see the longer, you see the, see the longer uh, vision or you see the longer goal that you want to accomplish. So we really try to help them almost like uh, separate themselves from the feeling yeah. and know that, yep, just like clockwork is supposed to come. And then how do we overcome that? Yeah, I like that. And uh, how, how do you, have you worked with uh, kids and teens that are, very, very confident, kind of the the jocks of the world. And how how do you how do you work with people that are overly confident, or can you be too confident? Can the ego get in the way, or how, how does that work? Uh, if we go to the Absolutely. flip side, yeah, you know, and and that's something we talk to parents about. Anytime a child is like overly confident, we know that they're deep down not confident. And what I always tell parents is very simple. It, you know, if you want to know if your child is confident. My question is, have, you know, have, what training have they under, you know, have they went through? Because you're not going to be born confident. You're just not. Now we have, we have studies that show that we're born optimistic. Some people are a little happier than other people, but you're not going to be born confident. You're just not because it's our way of protecting ourselves. You're confident, you know, you have a two-year-old trying to run and jump off something, uh, you know, so naturally we're not going to be confident. So there, that means that we need to go through some type of training. We have to do some type of training ourselves to develop this mindset of confidence because we're just not born with it. So if your child has not undergone any kind of confidence training, then most likely they're not confident. That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, does confidence have to come from the small wins or how can it come from other things as well? Because I, I know in my life, my confidence has usually come from getting those small wins. So like, hey, I belong here. I, I can do this and, and so on. 
Yeah, you know, I will say that uh, it all starts with the mindset and beliefs, to be honest. You know, when I think of, of confidence, that helps because it helps with belief. If you see something, then it can confirm what you either already believe or you can look at that and say, wow, like I am pretty confident I did this. So, but that's usually after the fact. You know, we really work on the beliefs first and then you use the small wins as just proofs that see, I told you, you know, you're a confident person. So, uh, and sometimes you, you're probably doing that process uh, and subconsciously anyway, yeah. but yeah, you know, we, we, you know, I think with anyone, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So oftentimes in, in Christianity it talks about faith and, you know, us as humans, we want to like see it, you know, uh, I want to see it first, but oftentimes it's the faith, uh, that comes first. So yeah, same thing with confidence. I think it's definitely a belief system that we like to work on first. Like it. And mindset, how do we work on our mindset? Because I think, I mean, I definitely agree with you that the mindset changes everything and through the right mindset, you get the confidence. So how, how do we work on our mindset? Yeah, you know, it's awareness and being active about it. So once again, you have to be aware. Where are you right now in your mindset? We go through a, a process of just looking at your beliefs and how you are interpreting certain situations. You know, some people have a victim mindset. No matter what happens, they'll find a way to feel like, you know, somehow they're the victim. And we see this so often with, especially with uh, adults, we see it with kids. So that's a mindset. And we have to really uncover ways that they have this, mi this mindset. The second is to be actively working on a better mindset or a more empowering one. And the way you do that is the, like, you know, you're a fitness guy, you know, you don't grow muscles overnight. It's something that you really have to practice and get in a routine of working out, working out, working out before you see the results. So, um, so it's very important that when you're trying to develop a power empowering mindset, you do the same thing. But another thing I noticed too with teenagers is that they have to also make sure that they are not exposing themselves to things that's only going to tear their mindset down. So if they're scrolling through TikTok and they're scrolling through Instagram and just staring at other people and, and thinking to themselves like, man, I wish I was them. They have a better life than me. Well, that's not going to help your mindset. So they have to be very uh, almost on guard of their mind uh, and, and really try to refrain from doing things that's going to hold them back. Yeah. Uh, Dr. RJ, why is this so important to you and especially teens? Because speaking from a business standpoint, teens don't even have their own credit cards. So <laughs> how, why, why are you doing this and why is it so important to you, man? Oh, man. Hey, that is a wonderful question. And it's something that a lot of my uh, friends that are life coaches ask me like, hey, I would never do what you're doing, by the way. You know how hard that is. And I will say this, you know, thankfully, I'm orthodontist. Yeah. So that actually takes care of me financially. So I don't have to put such a financial strain on this business because you're right. It is very difficult when a child uh, doesn't want to do this and they don't have the money to do it. So oftentimes the parents that are paying for it only to find out that teenagers are refusing. Yeah. So then that creates a problem from a business standpoint. But ultimately, the reason why I do it is, uh, if you have time, I can share this story yeah. with you. And this is why I believe purpose is so important. I mean, it can overcome anything you go through when you have purpose. So as a child, my mom, she's a very, very spiritual woman. She's a Christian. And it's funny, even to this day, I ask her if this is true. But she said when she was pregnant with me, an angel appeared to her and said that the child you're carrying will change a generation. And my mom has been telling me this ever since I was a child, you know, 
Uh, in fact, it's almost like uh, Joseph in a way, because then my, my siblings kind of, you know, when I was growing up, they didn't like that idea. But my mom <laughs> literally told me this. And I'm experiencing this as, you know, I'm growing up, I'm growing up, and she's constantly telling me this. And I'm like, hey, is that true? Did you really see an angel? And for some reason, it stuck with me. It literally like went and planted itself in my subconscious, and I truly believe it. So that means everything that I experience, everything I believe is for a reason, and that this is part of the greater path. And for me going to an orthodontist, becoming an orthodontist, and then transition to life coaching and doing what I'm doing, I truly believe, um, you know, I'm, I'm on that path. So even though I found, you know, some difficulties at the very beginning, trying to get teens on board, I just kept going through, I kept pushing through. And then now I'm in a situation where, uh, you know, I pretty much, you know, I would say my, my, I'm a master in, you know, the 10,000 or 20,000 hours you need, uh, I'm pretty much mastered at this point. So it, it comes to me much easier. Good for you, man. And it just speaks volume of how important purpose is. I mean, being purposeful in what you do, it, it's so important. And I had Tom Bilyeu on the show, uh, the founder of Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. And, and he talks a lot about beliefs as well. And, and one of the things that he says, and I, I truly believe that it's true, if you question a belief, it does not work. And I think that's the problem we're seeing with a lot of people that don't achieve the results. They, they might hire a coach or they, they start, they go to a gym, they hire a trainer, they read a book and they start to question everything without even trying it and finding a way that this is not, this works, oh, it works for Dr. RJ, but it doesn't want to work for me. Yeah, it's easy for Peter, but it's not going to work for me. And all this questioning takes them away from the belief and actually doing it. And then you see people that like, they look, I don't want to generalize, but they look stupid, they walk stupid and they're, they're so successful because they're doing, they're hiring a coach or they're listening to the guidance and they don't question it. Absolutely. No. And, and is, you know, it's also the, the type of questions, you know, it's like, I always tell parents and teenagers, whatever question you ask your mind is going to give you an answer. Yeah. So if you be like, how stupid am I? Well, it'll prove it to you. It'll show you, it'll remind you of the mistakes you've made. So I'm a big believer in, and in, in if you want to ask questions, ask better questions, yeah. you know, like how, how is this uh, the, the best time ever to accomplish this goal? You know, that's something we worked on during the pandemic. What advantages is the pandemic giving me that I never had before? So we have to ask ourselves better questions, I believe, too, as well. I agree. And I mean, what you were saying in the beginning, everybody needs a coach. And I mean, investing in yourself is the best investment you can do, especially for people out there listening. You might spend like 100, 200 bucks on a pair of very nice sneakers, and that's good. And I think you deserve that. But invest in a book, invest in hiring somebody that can actually help you elevate your, your life because it's the days when you feel good about yourself and about what you do and the impact you have in the world and the relationship you have. I mean, that's a, that's a great feeling, right? Absolutely. I mean, this, to me, this is like where you really feel like like you're experiencing life. Yeah. You know, I always share this too with parents and teenagers is that isn't it amazing that when we look at humans, the amount of traumatic experiences a, a human would have in their lifespan yeah. is very, very low. I mean, a, tr a truly traumatic, I mean, a death of a loved one, you know, you, you, you know, lose a, a limb. I mean, just something really, really traumatic. And yet we experience life 
like we have tra traumatic experiences every day. I mean, to see that some people can be so sad and so angry and they haven't even experienced like a, a majorly traumatic experience that day. Uh, it just goes to show you that we're basically, most people are mourning constantly. They live in a life of mourning. They're mourning the loss of something, the loss of a friendship, the loss of, you know, the, the job I didn't get, the loss of something. They've always, their, their, their mind is focused on what they're losing. And that's why gratitude is a huge, huge exercise I believe everyone should do. Uh, even if you're a coach, positive people like you and I, I routinely do gratitude because it's very easy to start mourning and going through life, you know, focusing on what I don't have. Yeah. Love that. I have a question to you because you're human, so but you you're you're constantly giving up yourself. How do you do the days when you're not feeling it and you're there to help others? Like what what are the tools you use to kind of tap into go out there and show up? Because I know like my schedule is very hectic. I do a lot of things. And most of the time, just like we said, we're positive, we're full of energy, but not all the time. But when you meet somebody that is there for you. Like, I got to show up. What, what tools do you use to, to be able to show up even when, it, when you're low on energy? I have one simple one. So in my program, we're really, really big on progress reports. Yeah. We want progress reports, reports from the parents because I can coach all day long, but then when I get home, I don't know what's happening at home. So we really encourage our parents to constantly send us progress reports and reading those progress reports, these, I mean, you changed my child's life. This is amazing. I've never done that. You know, my child was staying in his room and now he's hanging out with us. All I have to do is read one, one progress report and I'm ready to go. I mean, it, it's like a, like a switch turns on because I see the impact of what I'm doing. Uh, so that's really my strategy. I just I have a, a, you know, an inbox is full of progress reports. and I just read one and I get going. That that's great. And I think that's kind of like carrying a box, like a box, it could be in your phone, pictures of, you know, things that you did, things that you experienced. If you're an athlete, pictures of, or a video of a game that you played well, or a song that you love. There's a lot of small little tools that can help you. And that's why I love life, man. There's tools for everything. So if you're out there now listening to this, watching this, you're struggling, you don't know what to do, and you have a problem, the good news is you're not the only one with that problem. And there's many, many tools for you to solve them. And in this day and age, to find the answer is quite simple. Absolutely. And, you know, the cool thing I always tell, uh, you know, the teams that I work with is that life happens in the mind. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's just so fascinating because, you know, when you understand that life happens in the mind, that means we have a lot of power over our lives, a lot. You know, yes, things will happen in life that we just can't control, but we can absolutely control the experience uh, or the meaning that we give it in our mind. So uh, I think that's, that's, that's like you mentioned, that's what makes life so exciting. Uh, the fact that we can really have power over our experience in life. Life happens in the mind. That's going to be the name of this episode, <laughs> Dr. RJ. I want to thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this conversation. I have one final question to you. For people that are still here watching, listening, which is a, in today's day and age, it's a big ask to ask somebody to spend an hour with, with us. So we <laughs> truly appreciate you. We love you guys. And we, we hope you, you, you got some very good tools. Uh, I, I can honestly say that I've learned a lot. I'm going to rewatch, re-listen to this episode, take some notes. And 
and and work on improving my life. That's that's the cool thing with having a podcast. I I get to talk to people like yourself for free and share it with the world. So thank you and thank you for everybody that's listening. Uh, the final question is right after this show, what should the listeners go and do in order to get a little bit closer to to what they want in life? Yes, I would tell them this. <clears throat> I would tell them to quickly discover a purpose. Quickly. Quickly to understand it. Tell yourself, I'm here for a reason. Now, I need to figure out what why I'm here, right? So what is unique about me? And I, with the teenagers, we do this like, Almost like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from uh, Orange, Texas, which is very close to, to Louisiana. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time in Louisiana because I went to college there. So gumbo is a big dish. Yeah. So when you think of gumbo, you put a lot of stuff into it. You can call it a soup or whatever. But think about everything that you have been given and, and, and ask yourself, like, why have I been given all these things? So you look at certain experiences you put in the pot. You look at the things that you're interested in. We look at your likes. We look at certain gifts that you were giving. But even important, what is pulling at your heart? I call it a mission. We all have a, a mission. There's a, a, a hundred thousand things wrong in this life. We all get pulled uh, at certain ones. That's that's our mission. So you mix all that up and you say like, wow, like, you know, this is, I'm so unique. So why would I be here? What is some something I'm supposed to accomplish? The soon as you figure that out, oh man, life changes. Now the cool thing is this, no one knows. That's the cool thing. You choose. You literally can choose. Who knows? My mom probably made it up. I don't know. I'm, you know, I think it's cool if, if she didn't make it up. But the fact of the matter is, I believe it. And it's like literally driving every step of the way for me. So if you can tap in and figure out a purpose of why you're on this planet, then I think that would serve you long term. I love it, RJ. And I mean, just talking to you makes you feel good. So thank you for spreading this positive energy in the world. People that want to connect with you, work with you, where can they easily find you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we you can schedule a consultation with my team. Uh, if you're a parent of a teenager or a preteen, and that's at drrjjackson.com forward slash coaching. But if you are a teenager listening, you can follow my TikTok. Um, you know, we have over almost 600,000 followers Ooh. and that's at the Dr. RJ, T-H-E-D-R-R-J. Awesome. Thank you. And everybody that's here on the show, uh, I just want to say thanks again for your time. We appreciate you. I love you. I want you to have the best possible life. Please reach out to me if you have any questions, if I can help you in any way with achieving your goals. Also, if you have a friend or somebody that needs to hear this message, please share it because we want to spread this message to as many people as possible to give more positivity to the world and more fulfilled dreams because it's such an uh, amazing feeling. And let's just end it with that, guys. Thanks a lot. And I'll see you guys next week.